Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. We are looking at hour two. Sure. Welcome back. And again, these shows are pre-recorded, so we'll try to make things timely. Just understand it might not be exactly on the day or week that you're listening to it. That is correct. So if you want accurate, up-to-date, real-time stuff, Give us a call directly or send us a message. What's your phone number? It is 715-323-2577. Of course, we're on social media and all that good jazz. Uh, if you've got questions or comments, send an email over to myrapidsradio at gmail.com. All right. We can help you out there too. Ooh, so what are we going to talk about? All right. So hour two, I kind of hinted that we we're going to talk a little bit about selling. Um so one of the things that we always talk about with our sellers this time of year, especially if they're not going to be living in the home, it's starting to get colder outside. And so we always want to make sure that the house is prepared for no one living in it and cold. So again, we always, you know, we want to show your home. We always want it to be kind of nice and warm. So you really don't want to heat the house at the usual 70 degrees degrees because nobody's in there. So a lot of, you know, a lot of things people like to do is turn that heat down. Oh, we'll just turn down to 50 just so things won't freeze. We really like to see that be more like at 65. I know that it's, you know, everyone's like, well, why so high? We're not going to be there. Well, it's going to be one of those things where we can kind of at 65, it doesn't feel too cold when you walk in. And on top of it, if we're going to be doing a showing, we know that the house is a little bit on the chilly side and we go in there a few minutes ahead of time to turn up the heat. That means the furnace isn't going to be running for 20 minutes trying to get it up to a warmer temperature. And then people come in and they notice, wow, the furnace has been running for a very long time. Is there right. something wrong? Right. Um, the, the biggest time frame to understand this is the first 10 days. That the mm -hmm. listing is active. Um, so really, if we can, you know, bite the bullet a little bit and just keep it nice, warm and comfortable, inviting <clears throat> for the first week and a half, that'll really put the best image out. Um, and then we can knock it down a couple of degrees and try to save you a little bit of money on heating. And we always really encourage our sellers to go to the house at least twice a week to check on the home. Now, granted, we as agents, we try to do that as well. We don't guarantee we're going to be able to make it out that week, but we always try to check on our homes to make sure no pipe has broken. You know, everything is still looking good for the home, but it's hard for us to get out there to those homes. So we always try to encourage those sellers to go out and check on your home to make sure that pipes aren't fro frozen or if something looks a little bit off, then at least you're, you're there, you're kind of seeing it and it can be taken care of versus, oh shoot, we've got a foot of water in the basement because the pipe froze. It has happened. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of electronic measures that can also help with monitoring that. And the nice thing is with the smart houses these days of getting, you know, the Nest thermostat or some sort of controlled internet thermostat. So that way you can keep track of the house of, oh, look, um, now the house is at 55 degrees and I thought we were keeping it at 60. Something's wrong. And we understand that showings... Um, we're, we really only show the house between like seven in the morning and nine o'clock at night. Between eight, eight and eight. Okay. Um, so through that general time during the day, you know, if you want to program your thermostat and then have it cooler off at night a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, that would be appropriate as well. Yeah. Um, whole house, you know, smart home integration stuff. I think a lot more people are comfortable walking into a house that has an Alexa device or you know, Google, Nest, those types of things. And you can get sensors for sticking in your basement next to the water pipes or um, the washing machine, that type of thing. So right. it'll alert you if something were to come on. Yeah. You know, or, or have a, a flooding issue. Correct. So, I mean, it, there's, there's plenty of opportunities out there to kind of safeguard the winter time. No one's living in the house. Let's keep the house safe. So we can also use the smart home features for turning lights on and off. We can. You know, kind of makes it seem like 
to the general passerby that people are still living there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's really interesting to do a showing where the whole entire house is a smart home. So you need to learn how to walk into a room and do the Google turn on living room lights because the whole entire house is Google powered and you're playing with these light switches that are not working. And then all of a sudden you see the note that's in the kitchen that says, this is a smart home, say these commands and everything will work. Although it's a little bit of a distraction sometimes too, because people who don't have it in their house think it's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And so they just stand there giving the, the voice command right. for like 10 minutes. It's great. Now, my, my oldest has got the Google lights and everything like that. And it's taken me almost a year to understand that I cannot walk into his house and flip on a switch like you normally you're used to. You have to remind Google that Google needs to turn on the kitchen lights. So when they come home and they realize nothing's working, they know I've been there because I've messed up their whole entire system. Right. To help avoid that. Um, you can go to the home center and get special covers to cover over your switches. That way they're just left in the position that you want them to be in. Very true. Um, it's kind of the same. I don't know whether it's in the electrical aisle next to the switch outlet plates. We'll have to look. I'll have to see. Because there's a couple that we want to do at our house. Um, or it could be in the childproofing section, wherever that I happens to be. I think the childproofing section is where they're at. You don't want the kids to turn the lights on and off and 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 on and off. So, yeah, smart, smart homes are starting to become something a little bit more. We're seeing more showings, more homes having a lot of those smart home devices in it. So it's kind of teaching the old dogs new tricks of, you know what, we can tell Google to turn on the lights and it's they come on. And I think it's here to stay. Mm hmm. Um, if someone's living on city sewer in their property, it's really not a, a big deal for you know, water to be flowing through the house, if, especially if you're keeping it, you know, above 50 degrees. Right. Um, what about the people in the country, country folk? Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got even places that seem to be in the city limits of Wisconsin Rapids that still have a septic. Yes. Um, it, and we usually tell those. Sellers, don't go to the house and run the water for just a little bit. Just leave it dry. Right. So that'll keep the uh, the enzymes in the tank, you know, sort of percolating just a little bit. And it's not going to create... A frozen septic system. <laughs> right. But if you do go back to the house and you spend a couple of days there, don't be afraid of it. You know, just understand that. Use it as normal when you're there. But don't try to... Good intentions are always there, right? So right. we'll just help it along by flushing a toilet. Or running the wash uh, machine. The washing machine, like once a week, and that's it. There has to be a lot more use to it. Right. And we always walk through our sellers, you know, good points, you know, good things to do to make sure that, you know, the house stays, stays safe and is still a happy home when we go showing it during these colder months. Now, in the summertime, we always suggest that the vacant house be kept up with the lawn. You know, and you have mm-hmm. someone tend to moving the um, garbage pails back up to the house, you know, kind of cuts down on vandalism. But in the wintertime, it's just as important and also to remove snow. Mm-hmm. And we just had that conversation with a, a seller too today of, you know, we're, we're entering the snow season. We want to make sure that driveways are shoveled and salted. Same thing with walks. We don't want to see anyone slip and fall while we're showing the home. And everyone told you, you know, they understand, but it's always that nice reminder of, okay, we still need to keep track of the property, even though we're not living there. The biggest thing is so that people have access to get into your house to buy your house. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Right. Um, And actually, you know, there's pros and cons to Buying a house in the wintertime, you don't get to see some of the things because it's covered by snow, but you can also see things that are wintertime appropriate. So are there ice dams forming or is there leaking because of this or that, or where do the previous owners pile their snow? Right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Are we ready to jump into the market? Ooh, let's talk about the market. All right. Do you have your sheet of paper from this morning? 
I believe it's in front of you. Oh, I thought you were going to save yours so that way we could talk. No, go ahead. We we had performance numbers from our sales meeting. Uh, right now it's the beginning of November. So right. activity that happened through the first part of the year until the end of October. This on here is of 11-2. So as... As of this morning. As of this morning. Okay. So, you know, in real estate, we're looking at what was sold for or the number of total listings. So we had 637 homes listed and we had 565 sold. Not bad. So that doesn't quite take into account carryover houses from uh, the end of last year. Mm -hmm. So some of the extended listings that have been on the market for, you know, 400 days and whatnot. Right. So this is there, there are not many of those. So this is January 1 all the way up until November 2nd. Mm -hmm. So it covers the whole entire year. So our average sale price is $169,926. Okay. Which is not bad. That's a good day. That's still a decent price. Um, Our list, our sale price list ratio. So our ratio is 101.24%. So that's the difference between we listed a house for sale mm-hmm. versus what it finally Actually sold for sold for at closing. Mm-hmm. So we're still getting a little bit full, full asking price, a little bit above. We are definitely getting on average full asking price. Mm-hmm. And our average days on the market is going to be 70 days. Okay. Which is not bad. Now, if we take into account Average of financing contingency work throughs is about 40 days or so. Mm-hmm. That leaves us with 30 days. You know, and of course, that's looking at the houses that have sat for a couple months, including the houses that have sat for a couple hours before they get offers. And it kind of all mashes them into an average. Right. So if we wanted to look at our year over year comparison, oh, um, wait, I, where I jumped ahead. I, I will say we, we also looked at the days on market sort of numbers and JR compared it to last year. And I believe we were at 84, 85 days, roughly somewhere in there this period last year. So this year we've certainly narrowed down the time. We shaved off some days, which is nice. All right. So are we ready for year to year? Sure. Because we always like to look at last year to this year. Where were we to now? Now, now let's, Preface this with remember last year, even though we try to forget it. We're in COVID. By, by this time last year, we've had the entire year as a sample. Mm-hmm. So the pre-COVID, during COVID, and then it started to wane off a little bit right. as far as activity in the country and economically. So this is essentially the you know end of year. And okay, how do right. we do? So one year ago, we had 538 homes. Sold. But this year, we have 565 homes that sold. So we increased by 27 homes year over year. So an extra 27 homes sold, which was a 5% increase of number of homes sold. Which is pretty good. That is pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we're looking at volume sold, though, last year, we're at... Eighty million three hundred eighty-five six hundred and sixty-six dollars, and our current year is going to be ninety-six million eight thousand five hundred and sixty-two dollars. Okay. So yeah, we've got a fifteen mil difference on the positive. On the positive, so that's a nineteen percent increase. So skip over now to not the average sale price, but the, the median. median price. All right. So the median one year ago was $134,450. Okay. This year is 145000 even. So even our, our median price is coming up a little bit. Right. So there was a $10,550 difference or an 8% increase. And I... From remembering numbers across state, mm-hmm. that's about what we're looking at is uh, between an 8 to 10% increase year over year. Mm-hmm. 
So it's right on there. But if we looked at our average sale price one year ago was $149,415. This current period is 169926 Which is significant. It is. It's a $20,000, $511 difference. Percentage? 14% up. Right. Um, and that's one of the, the caveats with understanding the average price versus median price. Mm-hmm. So if the average price looks at low versus high. And so if you've got a, a handful of really high expensive price listings, they throw that average skew a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. The median price says if we've got a hundred homes that sold, the price right around the fiftieth home is where we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of stuff keeps with median price, right? And you know, looking at at these numbers, we keep hearing people tell us, "Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna stop. It's gonna stop. There's no way it can continue." Well. It's still continuing. It's not stopping. We're still getting a very good price for for homes. Homes are still selling at asking price or a little bit above. Now, we do have some that do sell below asking. Some of those homes are the homes that have been sitting on the market for a little bit where maybe the seller doesn't want to lower the price, but they have an offer for a lower price. And they're like, you know what? It's been sitting now for a while. I think I'll take this. So we still have a little bit of mix of everything. There's a lot of uh, motivations that go behind that part and, and where you price a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we're looking at at value. You know, what is it compared to other things that have sold, other, or other properties that have sold? You know, there's a lot of nuances that go along with that. And that's why you know, working with us, your local realtors is important because we're in the houses. We're seeing and feeling and, you know, we can compare it quite accurately. Right. All right. So if we looked at our quantity that is active, so active homes. So one year ago, we had 753 homes that were active. Um, currently, there are 735. So we're short 18 homes. Okay. But our sales numbers are still on the positive side. Still on the positive side. So still moving along. And value is still on the positive side as well. Yep. We've actually had our our increase. So we're still increasing on those those prices, which is good. Your homes are still doing well. Um, Another metric that we look at, and it's kind of an internal... Um, sort of, you know, get ourselves pumped and let's do better at our business is uh, where the, or who are the agents that are producing these sales, mm-hmm. you know, so it's broken down into the different real estate firms in the area. And it also has a category for out of area firms that are doing business here. Um, so if someone's coming from Milwaukee or Madison or out of state, to, you know, well, maybe may, the realtor isn't coming from out of state, but, right. you know, a buyer working with their favorite agent in Fond du Lac, and they're coming into our Wisconsin Rapids area. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see just how much volume those out-of-area real estate firms are doing here in our area. So it, it indicates that people are buying here, but they're not, or they're looking to move here. So we're we're seeing that more and more, and it's certainly indicated by our numbers. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that we also like to go over with you guys today is homes available to go see today. So this is this is always a, a fun one. If we looked at homes in all price ranges, just in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area, we are looking at 42 homes that do not have an accepted offer. That is just waiting for their new family. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, I mean. We always say that now is a really good time to sell, no matter what time it actually is. But, you know, a little bit of seasonal slowdown. And we're also seeing people taking our advice. So a lot of people are actually listing now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we are looking if we're really looking for something under a hundred thousand. So we'll go through our breakdown. So under a hundred thousand, we have sixteen homes available. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I've been seeing the last um, couple of days. So yeah, say the last seven days, there's been a lot of activity in that price range. Yes. Okay. So then if we did our hundred thousand to one fifty. Which is also a very active price range. We're looking at 10. We've seen a lot of activity where houses are coming on the market and going off rather quickly there. Mm-hmm. Along with your next price range coming up. All right. So we're 150. I think I always do up to 200. Uh, we're looking at one. Okay. So between 150 and $200,000, we have one home to go take a look at today. And we're seeing that the finishes and quality of um, like cabinetry and flooring are fairly similar between maybe 160,000 and maybe 220. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the differentiators are going to be size of lot, um, amenities in the house, such as number of bedrooms versus bathrooms, size of garage, those types of things. All right, so if we go from the 200 to 250, uh, we're looking at three homes. Not a lot of competition. Not a lot of competition. <laughs> but at the same time, if that's the price range you're in, that also means that there's not much for you to take a look at. All right. So then it turns into the waiting game of, do I wait? Or do I just pick one out of these three and go with it? Because my family's moving here. My job starts in 15 days. I need a place to put my family. So if we're looking for anything above 250, there are 13 homes. Okay. So the majority of our inventory is under 100, 150. Right. Um, but yeah. There's a little bit of a pause in between that. And then we jump back up into that 250 on up is where the next group is. Okay. Is there some that are standing out to you? Maybe in the $725,000 range? That happened to actually be in a plover address. It happens to be on Pierce Avenue. Well, let me see if I can find something. I believe that house is listed in the Stevens Point area. Oh, I see. So just one moment here. <laughs> so we do have a new listing from our firm. Um, it is a gorgeous log home style on the Point of um, Pierce Avenue. It's um, a Stevens Point address. I forget what the address is right off the top of my head. It is, just one moment here. I did find it. It is 4682 Pierce Avenue. There you go. And this is really, this is a pretty home. It's got water on three sides of the property. Right. Uh, number of bedrooms, I think, is three. And it's got at least two bathrooms. Two bathroom. One half bath, but a four stall garage. And it could is, be a five stall garage, depending upon if you wanted to use the carport. And a number of extra rooms as well. Many, many rooms. So they've got a, a dedicated dining space. They've got a den, a small office area. And, and a sun porch. And another living room off the side of that as well. Yes. So definitely lots of living space mm -hmm. that, I mean, it's just ready for its next next family and like you say how much time do you actually spend in your bedroom you know it's nice to have a lot of overall living space right instead of just your bedrooms right um and a huge kitchen as well it's a large u-shaped kitchen mm -hmm. with a massive center island with the stovetop in that in this one <clears throat> the kitchen is definitely in the center of the home so normally on, on kitchens, you can find them like in the corner. And we always comment that the kitchen is the, is the heart of the home mm -hmm. and everything flows through this. Well, in this particular home, it is in the center. You have to pass through it if you want to get to the other two areas in the home. And it is main floor master bedroom <laughs> with main floor master closets. Yes, there's multiple closets. Yes, and also main floor laundry. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a ranch-style home. Well, no, it's a story no, it's and a, a half. It's a two-story because the extra bedrooms and the large 
family uh, room. Bonus family room on the second floor is upstairs. And that overlooks one of the water. It has a water view. Mm-hmm. I believe this is part of the Wisconsin River flowage section. The beer and flowage. The beer and flowage. Yes. Um, and if you're thinking about waterfront and the hassles with being on the water, if you're thinking to yourself, I would really like to have those those waterfront experiences, but I don't want to deal with the price tag of actually touching my toe in the water. This is technically not waterfront. It is water view. Right. But there's nothing that's going to be built in between you and the water because it's technically an easement from the power company. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, there is a spot where you could put a pier. So if you did want to dock your boat mm-hmm. to go fishing every morning, you would be able to do that. There's a number of other financial advantages to that. So essentially, you're getting a waterfront property, but not having to pay for all the hassles of that waterfrontage. Mm-hmm. It's really a, an amazing property. If you're curious about that, you know. Let we your would be happy know. to set up a showing for you. We'll definitely do that. There's also uh, virtual tours and a video walkthrough as well. So we're excited to have that listing in our firm. Mm-hmm. Great. What else can we talk about? Lots of exciting things going on in the market. There is. We've got our stage styled and blogged. Well, a couple of local things to, to talk about first. Okay. Did I miss something? A little bit. Okay. Um, Toys for Tots Drive is coming up. Ooh. Yeah, I just saw a post from the Sheriff's Department. Yep, Wood County Sheriff's Department does that. They team up with the Marines, Mm -hmm. and we do the Toys for Tots Drive. Uh, Drop-off will be at the security services door at the courthouse. Okay. I'm not sure exactly how long that drive is going on for, but... You know, I'm sure if you bring the the officer some to, some toys, they will make sure that they get to the right people. Yep, head over to the courthouse and check on social media as well. They're starting to do their their drive and all their information about the posting. Excellent. Uh, also, a follow up from back in August, the Sunrise Rotary Group was doing some stuff for the canine fundraisers. Oh yes, we finally uh, okay, not finally, but we closed out that event. And we were able to raise quite a bit of funds for our local canine units. Right. And you guys uh, presented a a check. To Erm and to Sheriff Sheriff Becker. Becker. Mm -hmm. So we were able to give them their check. And Wood County has four canine units and Wisconsin Rapids has one or two. Sure, I know of at least one. Okay. We know of at least one. I think there might be a second one. Um, Erm did say how many puppies he had, and I know that it was less than what uh, Wood County has. Right. So I don't have to remember the dogs' names. I just know that they're cute, and we have at least one. But that's the what of a lot of the. It's an example of what a lot of the service groups, you know, the Elks, the mm-hmm. Rotarians, you know, they do these fundraisers to help community services grow. Right. Without burdening taxpayers for instance well and these dogs require a special diet so it's not like you can go to the grocery store and pick up a bag of dog food and bring it over to the departments for for the dogs they require different food they're on a diet they've got to make sure they have certain stuff so this also allows them to have that little bit extra leeway on their budget and be able to help these dogs to continue to protect our our area and if they're looking at getting another dog then at least some of the the funds go towards that as well as getting ready for the next dog because after so many years they do retire out Mm -hmm. and then a new one needs to be brought back in so it's an ongoing service and it's an ongoing we need to save up for the next dog because we know that these dogs do retire and it's i mean it's an investment in the community it's an investment in that uh officer who's the handler mm-hmm. and it's you know an investment in the animal as well the the dog is a very highly trained animal then you got to support it with some vehicle special specializations mm-hmm. so modify the vehicle so the animal can be transported safely and de- deploy fast right <clears throat> yeah it's 
it's really neat. I think we talked to Sheriff Becker quite a lot, or quite in, in depth. Well, they're such pretty puppies. Our, our previous podcast yes. with him. Yeah. They are just very gorgeous puppies. And when there's four of them, you just cannot single out one. You got to talk about all four because each one is different. They're so they all, they all need their, their time in the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as we move forward, wintertime, getting closer to Christmas, mm-hmm. holiday decorating, but outside the house. Outside the house. So first of all, if you're selling your house this time of year, do you recommend people decorating? I still do, but do it very minimal. I mean, you still want to be able to have the lights up. You still want to be able to have, you know, the, the inflatables up. So put them up. Maybe, you know, if you're used to putting up 15 of them, maybe only put up five. So that way they're still up. But at the same time, if you do sell the house, you can take them down and package them up and take them to the new house. So it's just a matter of kind of timing. Maybe we don't hang the icicle lights from the eaves. We may just be able to find, you know, a bush, put it on the bushes or around a tree. So that way, again, they're up. It still looks pretty. But at the same time, we can take it down a little bit easier. Unless you don't mind leaving them behind, then go for it. Because once they get iced in on your eaves, they kind of become a fixture. Right. So it, it all depends upon, you know, how much you, you do. Again, talking with your, your agent. But we always just do the, maybe we do something kind of minimal. Maybe instead of hanging them on the eaves, we only just do you know, maybe just on the porch. So that way they're out. It still looks nice. You still get that warm hug of, I put out my Christmas lights. But at the same time, if the house does sell, it'd be something that you can easily take down when there's three feet of snow outside. And family heirlooms are another thing to consider. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is an heirloom value importance to you, perhaps don't put that decoration up. Yep, let's package that up, put it into the box to be moved so that way during showings it doesn't accidentally get knocked over and and break. Again, we want to make sure that those special items stay safe. And also um, things that are perhaps not or are outside of the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know who would be offended by certain things. I mean, we never really know, but keeping in mind that you're having a variety of visitors coming to your house. Right. But still in the same breath, having the house be staged in a way that's warm and inviting and you want to come in and the first thing you think of is, oh, I could spend the holidays here. This is so beautiful. Right. You know, just taking that step back and going, okay, if I was a visitor, would I like to see this here at the house? And maybe it's something that you don't put up every, you know, this year where you just pack it away. We know that it's going to be able to be taken out at the next, at the new home. Because you're moving anyway. You're moving anyways. Let's start packing it now. And and we we don't mean to ever be offensive when we're suggesting staging advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it comes from our experience and suggesting, hey, this might not be a good time to have this out. You know, we, we still understand that you live in the home, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So keeping that as part of your tradition is great, but let's focus on this first, you know, 10 days that the listing is active for sure when we get the most foot traffic through. Right. And then, you know, you're going to be in the process of moving out after that, depending on contracts and whatnot. And this is like the the tricky situation because we are to the point where we could list a house and possibly get it sold before Christmas. So... I know that December 1st is usually when everybody talks about putting their, their Christmas decorations out. Well, that would be in the middle of that, that offer possibly. So now it's, do we wait or do we decorate now for Christmas? So that way everyone can see what the Christmas decorations are. And we can enjoy our Christmas decorations now because we know we're going to have to pack it up. So it's always that we usually like to have that conversation with the sellers to see how they feel about their Christmas decorations. And determine when the best time to put those out. So that way everything stays safe. Uh, We have had some listings 
that we look at the cellar and uh, I, I remember one that was on third street mm-hmm. and a classic colonial, very large house with a lot of traditional, you know, like you'd see on a, a painting in a movie from the 1950s or thirties, whatever. Um, and it, you know, we kind of looked at him and said, so how far do you want to stay through which holidays? And do you want to decorate for those? You know, because that would be a beautiful house to decorate for Christmas. Right. So that's sold. All right. It yeah, did. It did. Um, and driving by there, kind of fun because the uh, current new owners uh, really decked it out for Halloween. Mm-hmm. So a lot of inflatables in the front yard. It looked pretty good. So if you're going to be hanging up your Christmas decorations this coming weekend or in the next couple of weekends, just be be wary of the black ice that can form on sidewalks and make sure your ladder is definitely secure so that way you don't have anyone falling off the roof. And as in true tradition of our family, you need to wait until it's got the sleeting storm and dad's got to go up on the aluminum ladder to play with the electrical. So again, we do it beforehand on nice warm days. A little bit safer. Okay. I saw that in a movie once or twice. I swear every year that's what happened. <laughs> you know, we plan on putting up the Christmas lights about this time of year. Something came up where we didn't. And we did it on this coldest, snowiest, sleetest day of the year. And dad's up there on the electrical, on the aluminum ladder, trying to play with the electrical, hanging up the lights. Because once one goes out, they all go out. You got to find the one light. Oh, yeah. Good times. So we're coming closer to the end of the hour. All right. So we, we got our stage, style, and blocked. Styled, staged, and, and sold. Blog. Blog. The National Association of Realtors. Um, this one is from their staff editor, Melissa Dittman Tracy. Design trends. Hot home trend is all marble bathrooms. Let's talk about it. Said marble is becoming a favorite from the flooring to the walls. Uh-oh. Marble. 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 Yeah. It says marble is being used by renovating homeowners this year more often than ever before. It's adding a luxurious touch all throughout the bathroom, from countertops to surrounding bath and shower walls and the flooring. Marble in whites and gray or beige veining tend to be the most popular because you can get it really gray and beige veining is, you know, the two that are most common. Okay. You, you can find marble and other veins, but it's really expensive. Uh, it says this look has been trending in kitchen countertops as well, but quartz is more commonly used because it resembles marble there. Mm-hmm. It's um, a little bit friendlier price tag. Yes. Because there's not a lot of domestic marble. And so most of it is uh, import product. And especially now we're looking at imports being even harder to get. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it depends how you pair it as well. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the marble wall. Just from one end of the bathroom to the other. It's like on the floors, on all the wall, it's the same marble. It's like you're in a marble cave that's just polished I think it marble. would just echo. It does. Really bad. It does. Very bad. Um, some people think that taking a shower in that and doing your usual singing in the shower would have great acoustics. Okay. It's like you're in a concert hall. Excellent. Right? Um, so they give some suggestions such as complimenting the veining in the marble. So in this photo, it's a very white marble and it is everywhere, like you said. It is. But the veining is a beige so having like a, a golden oak or a little bit darker vanity. It does. The vanity looks very pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's got a little bit of black trim wrought iron accents as well in this particular case. Mm-hmm. If you have a marble with more of a blue or gray veining, using a vanity color to match that as well. Um, of course, the vanity top, the countertop is still marble. Marble. Uh, Let's see here. It says, bathrooms have become popular spots to renovate during the pandemic, particularly to outfit with more spa-like features. This is according to a 2021 House Bathroom Trend Study. Other bathroom remodeling trends, 
they say are bathtub upgrades, uh, indicating the percentage of homeowners who relax in their renovated bathroom are soaking in the bathtub. It's about six percentage points this year, reaching 61%. So I'm sorry, it's up by six percentage points, reaching 61% of their survey. The out, uh, This outpaces the 54% share who unwind with long showers. Popular bathtub upgrades, including added space for two or silent whirlpool baths. The most common shower upgrades are rainfall shower heads, dual showers, body sprayers, and thermostatic mixers, which maintain a steady temperature. All right. So coming back is the bath. And what's the bathtub made of? Marble. Marble. Exactly. So it, it's a thing. Uh, another popular trend that I've been seeing across the internet is the heated flooring. That I will take. Yeah. So um, it's an electric component that's put in the mastic that also secures the flooring substrate or the, the flooring tile. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's ran up through a thermostat in the wall. So I'm sure the higher the end your fixtures, you can combine those thermostats with the shower temperature as well, for instance. I think I would just be curled up on the bathroom floor if it was heated, just because I'm always cold this time of year. Mm-hmm. So you would just find me curled up on the bathroom floor. Have you ever lived or dealt with uh, either a, a heated radiant floor house or like a garage or something? I've toured mm-hmm. one. And once I found a hot spot, that's where I stood. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it was warming my feet. And, you know, it's, it's wintertime. So it was kind of cold. So once I found the hot spot, yeah, I, that's where I stood until someone said, okay, well, there's a hot spot over here. And then it's like you quickly walk to that next hot spot. Um, it's, like yeah. a, it's like a chessboard, right? You just right. Um, I feel like the cat when there's like the sun <laughs> so and you've got to follow the sun throughout the day and that's where you stand. I, I have worked in a shop and large, like 3,000 square foot shop, mm-hmm. but we were doing mechanics stuff installing radios and cars and i was working on the floor a lot kneeling on you know a kneeling pad and stuff like that but it was just fantastic because the concrete was always warm underneath you it was great uh it sucks when you have to then open the big garage doors because it lets the heat out and it doesn't return you know it doesn't make up that heat as fast as a forced air system right as we move on here in the blog suggests also more greenery nearly one-third of homeowners added plants to their bathroom after a renovation for the aesthetics as well as plants role in creating a calming environment and help in purifying the air i agree with that Um, we tried to add more plants to our current home but as we discovered the more plants we added the more the fox lighted liked to eat and so she would end up throwing some plants on the floor. And so we lost quite a few just due to animal having fun. Sure. It, it wasn't at all because we didn't water them. No, it wasn't that because I always get the, I always go with like a cactus. Okay. So that way I don't have to remember to water them. Or like the, the air plants? I killed the air plants. So I kind of gave up on trying to grow air plants because yeah, I killed them and those you only have to like water once every three months and I somehow managed to kill them. So I've given up on the whole entire house plants. I think it's very pretty. I can have them in my house for like a week and then the fox will either chew them, throw them on the ground and roll around in the dirt or they just die because I don't water them. And that's okay. It is. You'll keep doing the plants outside. Some days I just think I should just Go and get like the plastic plants. Oh, yes. And just do it that way and just go look at my very beautiful plastic plant that I can just move around. But you still have to clean it and wipe the leaves and stuff like that. Supposedly you have, you have to tend take, to it. So you just need like a paper bag. Uh-huh. So you put the, the fake plants in the paper bag okay. and put in salt, either like kosher salt or just regular table salt. Okay. And you shake up the bag and the salt will actually pull everything off. Interesting. I'll get some plastic plants and I'll get them all dusty and I'll show you what I mean. Sounds good. 
Okay, the article also says colored vanities in the bathrooms. So white always is the popular choice. You know, it's clean, antiseptic. But colorful vanities are uh, getting more competition. Blue and wood vanities are very popular. The share of homeowners opting for blue vanities has doubled compared to last year, while medium and light wood tones are becoming also more popular. I think that's kind of going back to that feng shui theory. Right. Because in the bathroom, it's a lot of water. The blues represent water right. along with the browns, the, the, wood, the wood tone for the outside because you need your earth. earth. Mm-hmm. Lighting priorities. So more homeowners are adding lights to their bathroom upgrades. Wall lights and recessed can lights in the ceiling remain the most two popular upgrades. Also popular this year are lighted mirrors, such as those with LED lighting and anti-fogging systems. Mm, Yes. Pendant lights and chandeliers. We mentioned that before, chandeliers in the bathroom. Right. Dimmable lighting is also contributing to a more spa-like atmosphere, Mm -hmm. which makes sense if people are taking baths in their spa experience bathroom. Commode upgrades. More than a third of homeowners who upgraded their toilets during renovations added technology. Mm -hmm. Bidets remain the most popular tech feature added by one in five homeowners, followed by self-cleaning mechanisms, heated seats, and overflow protection, also built-in nightlights. So you got better aim, you know, you just got to, got to point yourself toward the, uh, the glowing hole in the corner of the room. When you're, when you're tired and it's 2 Mm AM and you don't have your glasses on, it'd be nice to be able to see where you're walking. Um, self-cleaning mechanisms are interesting. I have not seen that. I was going to say, I have not seen that either. Yeah. could be interesting. Um, the heated seats that comes in and out of popularity. Mm Mm-hmm. I think like an interior bathroom, mm-hmm. probably not much is needed versus the exterior bathroom. So you've got the toilet right next to the exterior wall. Right. That might get a little bit chilly, but the one that's in the center of the house, I wouldn't think you would need to have a heated toilet. And what if something goes wrong? That would not be the area that I would want electricity at. Very true. And of course, bidets are becoming more popular because what happened two years ago? Well, everybody. Decided the paper to shortage. go run for toilet paper. It's also more clean, sanitary. Uh, the next one, finally, that they end the article with is custom medicine cabinets. Ooh. So nearly a third of renovating homeowners installed a custom or semi-custom medicine cabinet. Many of these included features like hidden plugs and lighting on the inside. Ooh. Which makes sense. Um, because if you're keeping your electric shavers or toothbrushes, you know, that then you can keep them plugged and charged, but still away from the aesthetic of the rest of the room. Right. Um, and also lighting on the inside because you makes need to be sense. able to see what you're getting. And it's really fantastic that LED technology is making its way through everything and it is becoming way more affordable than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. Right. And I know, like with our little bathroom, we need to upgrade our medicine cabinet in there. I really do like it. But at the same time, it just needs to not be from 1970s. But it's got the really cool slot in the middle of it that you can put your used razor razor blades in there. Uh huh. I really like the whole until you turn it on and it's like the tink, 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 tink as the light is trying to come on. Fluorescence. I always think of like the... um horror movies where uh-huh. they're trying to turn on the fluorescent light and it's just like slightly blinking and it finally comes on after the 20th blink. I think of that every single time I go into that bathroom. It's good stuff. It is. So uh, article from realtor.com. Okay. We just have a few minutes left in, in the hour here, but I, I saw this one pop up. Uh, we're talking about bath and bathing. Mm-hmm. Well, this one was by Whitney Coy, The Trouble, Bubbling Truth, about a home hot tub. Okay. We see a couple of them. Right. 
Um, and that I'll forward this article on to the social media outlets okay. as well. And really kind of highlights the, uh, the pros and cons of having the hot tub. You know, the, the pros are, it's good for your physical health. You know, it helps clear up toxins and relaxes, you know, all those positive things. Right. It's a lot easier to maintain than a pool because mm-hmm. it's smaller. Small. The, uh, the con is that, well, it's just not cheap. No. And you, if you're going to maintain it, you have to maintain it properly. Um, I know from being a certified pool operator myself that if you don't clean it, there's a lot of things that could grow and that warm water environment. Right. You got to take care of it. Right. Um, of course, maintenance is a huge part of it. You have to heat it somehow. Are you going to use it in the wintertime or drain it out? Right. You know, lots of things to consider. Well, we've seen also like the um, in-floor hot tubs sure. that now no longer work. They could be in the basement or they may be on the main floor. So again, what do we do with this? You know, we politely tell, we told um, one family because the kids were super excited about having a hot tub and we let them know that it didn't work. And we told them that becomes the reading area. And they're like, so we could put some pillows in here and we can, I'm like, yep, put your pillows in there and you can have a nice little reading area, but it's not going to be filled with water. So we're still on the fence about if it's a value add or not for certain people or or not, or, you know, going to increase the value price of your property. Mm -hmm. It really depends on the buyers that are coming along. Right. Um, very similar to a full-size pool as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, very interesting. If you're curious about, you know, getting into a hot tub or, you know, want to focus on your investment aspects of the house and trying to be curious about what would make the house value more, you know, give us a call. We'll be happy to talk about it. If you're looking for listings in the area, head over to MyRapids.com. It takes you right to the Coto Banker Seward website. And they can contact you, Carrie, by phone. And they can. And it's also a very textable number. So if you're into texting, that number is 715-323-2577. Of course, we're on the social media outlets. So check us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts. Go back in our archives. Uh, MyRapids.com. You can also go to your agent profile and... Mm -hmm. Check out some of those interesting facts about you and the area as well. Yeah. So that's about it. All right. Well, you have a great Central Wisconsin day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.